Everything starts with a sorry daddy. Sorry, daddy. Sorry, daddy. Oh, sorry, daddy. I've been away for too long. <laughs> We've been bad, bad podcasters. We've been bad, 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 bad host. You know, it, it's one of those rules in podcasting that I think from the start, from the moment uh, we were trying to put all of this together, it was one of the things that I said was you have to be consistent and right off the jump. I'm going to be, uh, you know, explaining time away and a lack of consistency. So, you know, foot right in mouth <laughs> is how this podcast basically starts. Um, you know, it, it, I hope that you're as excited to get that ping from Spotify or from iTunes that a new episode of Brevity Box is ready for you to download and put your earphones in, your pods, whatever you listen to, stereo. Maybe you just listen to it on your phone on your desk like i do with some of our other podcasts but it is a new episode i'm as excited to be recording it as hopefully you are to be hearing it we've been away for some time but for good reason uh, i mean i it's not a a dramatic story but it's one that i think a lot of people can relate to uh for me personally i live you know, in New Orleans with a, a bunch of my family members around, including my parents, who sometimes seem like they're in their 50s and sometimes seem like they're in their 200s. And <laughs> this last, uh, I'd say about three, four weeks ago, it was really on the upper scale of the 200s. And, <laughs> and for anybody who has older parents, they, uh, you know, they just don't listen very well and they're sick of being told what to do. And even on their best, Sometimes they just don't give a crap about uh, watching when they took their meds and if they ate first or they shouldn't do this <laughs> and that. And and uh, I'm sure my uh, my resident partner in crime and nurse pro Becky here will back up what I'm saying about non-compliant elder patients. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Pretty much goes with the territory. I got a couple up here too. So don't... Right. Yeah. So, I mean, some of it's that. Some of it's... Uh, the story of what you've heard me chime in on a few times about their home. We're finally at a point where they're living back in their home like almost a year and a half later. That's crazy. Uh, from the time of the hurricane. And I won't bore you with all the logistical explanations of everything. But suffice it to say, Mitch and Becky and I have wanted to record several times over the last few weeks and if it wasn't for something that i couldn't do it or mitch who's i mean honestly deserves a, a fireman's cap and mm -hmm. like uh, uh like he is i mean really he is a fire he wears many hats he many does hats. and the guy is always at the rescue you know Five alarm fire, you call Mitch, Mitch is going to show up and fix it. And he's he's got a very demanding schedule. and But he wants to keep his shirt on. So just, just remember that. Yeah, and it's a difficult coordination. And then when we actually the, seemed like the stars were aligning, Becky lost her voice and couldn't speak. <laughs> I did, yeah. For like a whole week or something. It was horrible. So we just kept finding these obstacles and... um just randomly happened that we had Becky and I were available and we we're like, we just need to get in and get going again and get back in the habit because you get scared when you're away from it for too long and you start to really miss talking about 
anything, and especially talking to those few people that are listening to us, you miss it. I missed it. I, I know mm-hmm. you missed it too. I had a lot of story for stories for you guys. So many stories. And I was like, <sighs> we got a lot of catching up to do. do. But look, let's let's start fresh by saying, I'm sorry. We didn't mean to leave you for so long, but we're back in action. I'm sorry I was having lots of sex. <laughs> yes, cowgirl went crazy. <laughs> uh, we're definitely going to get caught up on that at some point. Maybe not immediately on this episode. Maybe one where we can get some, 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 spend some special time focused on the details of that. <laughs> and I definitely have some stories, and we have a few announcements coming down the pipeline, and definitely a lot to tell you about. But it's good to be back. It's episode 74, as I was corrected on earlier. Mitch will be back with us probably on the next episode. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for, but as soon as possible. And because Mitch isn't here, I think it makes a lot of sense <laughs> for us to start our catching up with sports because that would just drive our resident hero insane to have yeah. to listen to us wax on about six weeks of sports news and events uh, that include I mean, some dramatic storylines, some interesting shifts. If you're a NFL fan, then you're following some of what I'm putting down here. Probably one of the best off seasons in a long time. It's really been an interesting off season, mm-hmm. which, you know, you get a better feel for how the drama comes from all that. But look, I, I just w- I'm glad we spent the first five minutes just clear in the air, explaining to you guys that if it weren't extremely imperative that we had another place to be we would be on here and we're glad to be back so let's start off the the old-fashioned way welcome to another episode of brevity box a soapbox podcast of hot takes on pretty much everything today it's going to be sports we might call it a box score episode if you will maybe we won't Maybe you guys will make fun of me for saying it, but it makes sense. And it feels good for me. I love that. That was good. I liked that. So that's where we're going to start off. And we're going to get through it on the sport on the sports topic. Brevity Box is brought to you and sponsored by the Ruminations Radio Network. If you'd like to see some of the other podcasts that are sponsored by the Ruminations Radio Network, check out the website at www dot ruminations radio network.com and look i i don't think it would be a normal episode if i didn't uh, do my my natural plug of some of my favorite podcasts uh, chf cinephile hissy fit ruminations of red rum has been doing some incredible focus episodes lately if you're interested to see what those are about check out the website you'll find something you're like we're all over the place anywhere you can listen to podcasts uh you'll f- probably stumble across or easily find something we've been working hard on for you to enjoy. So check it out and please like and subscribe if you enjoy what we're doing here. There's going to be plenty of other ways to support us, uh, our Patreon account and everything. We will be uh, hitting those details later on. All right, to the show. Becky? Yes. Six weeks. It's been a long time. Presidential invites. (laughs) Uh, 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 people getting upset at some shade being thrown on the basketball court in women's collegiate basketball, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, contract negotiations and trades. I just rolled my, I just rolled my eyes so hard. I don't know if you <laughs> there's so the draft just happened. The draft hockey finals. 
well semifinals of drama and stuff where where is i mean you're the sports department here where do you want to start with that i want to start with let's see the white house invites and the collegiate championship games so for the people who aren't following this and don't understand the drama fill us in um so march madness has come and gone <laughs> And uh, two winners were crowned, one men's team winner and one women's team winner. And um, during the women's final, it was pretty heated. It was actually probably some of the best basketball I've seen. Uh, LSU and who was the other one? Is it Indiana? No, I can't remember. Let me check it out while you're going on. But LSU's Angel Reese, phenomenal. So LSU wins and Jill Biden comes out and says that she thinks that both the women's teams should be invited to the White House. And I thought that was the biggest... It was Iowa. Iowa, yeah. It was Iowa and LSU. Because Iowa has that one really good player. I can't think of her name right now. She had been playing phenomenally, probably like giving some stats, like the guy's stats. Um, And Jill Biden totally was like, oh, let's invite both women's teams to the White House. It was Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. Yeah, Caitlin Clark. So that really pissed me off because you would never say that about the men. Like, fuck the men's feelings. Like, there's a winner and there's a loser. Right. But why does it have to be, like, both the women's teams getting invited? Like, that's just dumb to say. That's, like, downgrading LSU's win. Like, here you've had shitty seasons for how many years and this amazing coach comes. And she says, we're going to go all the way in my first season as your head coach. And she delivers. And you've got Angel Reese, you know, talking shit on the court, pointing to her finger, just like Joe Burrow did. But Angel Reese gets shit for that because she's a woman and you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to act like a fucking lady. So, you know, this is one of those things that clearly everybody in Louisiana was talking about and has heard about for obvious reasons. I'm in New Orleans. It was definitely out there in the zeitgeist. If my wife heard me say zeitgeist, she'd be rolling her eyes hard at me right now. I can hear it. <laughs> but it was it was out there and people were talking about it. And just to add a little more description of what happened, right? Caitlin Clark, a talented player for the Iowa Hawkeyes, had in other games, other matches, used that you can't see me gesture mm-hmm. that was made famous by... John Cena. Made famous by John Cena. Mm-hmm. And that was, there was n- like literally no commentary about her doing that gesture in any other capacity in any other game. And that was Caitlin Clark doing. And look, that's the proper thing, right? Like, I think every game I've ever played, there's been some level of banter and ribbing and, you know, doing a little showmanship. And just like you had mentioned before with Burrow pointing to his ring. Talk mm-hmm. about a championship ring. And so in the fourth quarter of the championship finals between the LSU and Iowa, that's when Angel Reese does the same gesture that Caitlin Clark had been doing, that you can't see me, made famous by John Cena, mm-hmm. and pointing to her finger like Joe Burrow, which is like an LSU classic at this point. And look, before we talk about all the details, the timing... I mean, maybe something that I think those who really enjoy comedy and really enjoy shit talking and are good at it, the timing of when she did that in the game, like that's when it was, she knew it was the right time 
I didn't take it as anything offensive. It was somebody giving back medicine. No, that I thought it was great. I, I didn't think it was malicious either. No. Like she wasn't. It's entertaining. In her face. And that's the, it, it was entertaining. For, for the way the world sees sports now. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to go back 35 years and you're judging from that perspective, then nobody should, everybody who had done it, would have, it would have been the same uproar, right? They would have been saying, uh, you know, that you could imagine the terms like unsportsmanlike would have been thrown around yeah. more actively. But that's not how it is. It's not how it is nowadays. You've got... She didn't do anything egregious. So many people talking shit. She didn't do anything egregious. She didn't get in her face. No. And that was there was controversy immediately, which was the first thing that happened, is that there seemed to be an air of racism involved. I'm so sick of that argument. Because, like I had pointed out before, Caitlin Clark had been doing that and nobody was saying anything, which is fair. That Nothing should be said either way. But the minute Reese did it, it became an issue. So there was this community and parts of the community saying, oh, well. It, there was this some sort of racial element to it, which is ridiculous in people just trying to blow, like fan the flames, right? And trying to upset people. But then with all that uproar, you have Joe Biden who comes out and we're not, not making this political. We're just trying to think of like, it does seem like they wouldn't ever say that to two men's teams that I don't know that they ever have. Like it's never been where the the runner up is invited at the same time, <laughs> you know. Like I, I just I think it's it's absurd, and I I can only imagine they thought let's bring the people together and make peace kind of thing. But I think in doing that, you're sort of I think it's the wrong message, right? Because you're sort of acknowledging there was a thing that should be that people should be upset about, and there was never anything anybody should have been upset about. Am I missing the the? The plot there? I don't I don't think the plot is missing. I just think I just think that uh Jill Biden should have stayed out of it and just, you know, like it was a great game. It was a well battled fight, but you know, the better te- the team that played better won and they get to come to the White House and that's something for the other team to strive to next year. You know, don't don't downplay another team's performance because because you have another story, another great storyline with another team. Like Caitlin Carter had games of a lifetime. Right. But don't nope, downplay right. Angel Reese and LSU and their uphill climb and eventual win. So you know what it reminds me of? It, 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 I agree with you entirely, right? But you know what it feels like? It feels like they probably could have found a way to deliver these messages separately and never change the fact that the team who won by tradition gets invited and the focus is on them because they're the champions they won and they deserve to have the same thing that other teams that have done it before have had themselves without there being a staple in history to a controversy that was made up and shouldn't have been a problem in the first place right and that doesn't need to be following them for their lives like always having to talk about that would be silly. Yeah. And if they wanted to, right, they could have gone out of their way to do something, but it just seems like they were, they were like, ah, let's just make it easy for our, like, let's just kill two birds with one stone and have them both come here. It shows that they don't really, it makes it feel like you're saying they're diminishing the accomplishment to mm-hmm. make it easy to, for a PR moment. Yeah. Like, let's be peacemakers. And, you guys both show. I mean, if you want to fight the race card, if you want to pull the race card, yeah, look, you're right. 
It looks bad. It looks really bad. I mean, why? It's not something. I don't think they intended that. It's not an. It's not an intent, like a like a intention, but it is in the back of some people's minds. So I want. I want to be clear about what I when I say some. Whenever I say something like that, what I'm. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to be seen as like a put it as a defense, right? What I'm suggesting is that my criticism is that they are so unaware. You see what I mean? Like they are unaware of the fact that that's why I believe it's unintentional is because they don't, they don't see any of how this looks clearly. Like they don't recognize that they're diminishing the, the accomplishment and what they should have followed that through. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't sense any of this. Like I'm criticizing them for their, their density on not being aware that that was a bad move. Like that, that's like, I mean, you know, I always find myself, if we ever get in, like whenever we come across like a political episode, this is not that, but that's where I get to is, and even in like football. Okay. Yeah. Great example with watching football. There are plenty of times where I'm watching my team play defense. And I know that a play action is coming and the play call where everything that happens as soon as the ball is high, it's like, if I know that, and I don't, I'm not a pro, <laughs> and if yeah. I know that, how come you don't know that? I find myself in the same position with some of these things, the way that we're talking about, like, like I'm sure they mean well, but it's, a, it's like 100% this tell that they just don't see how this looks. They, they're completely... And that, and who's, how is it that nobody in there is like, this is a bad idea. Right. You know, like maybe don't do that. Let's not. Maybe like run it by us before you speak out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like just like, even if they just had the Twitter account, what would you guys think if we did this? And then everybody shits on it. And they're like, yeah, let's not do that. then. (laughs) Like finally, maybe a use for Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it was so, especially like. Because women's basketball is not as highly celebrated as men's basketball. Like, you don't, like, go out to the bars and, you know, during March Madness, they don't usually have it on unless you ask for it. You know what I'm saying? So for that to be something that, you know, not only to degrade the win for LSU, but to also kind of degrade women's sports in general. Like, why aren't they good enough to have their own White House White House visit? Why does it have to be? It does diminish every, that. Yeah. Let's make everybody happy. All no. you girls get along. Yeah, yeah it, it makes it seem like they're less like less competitive professionally, mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, and I mean, we should all be celebrating, you know, the fact that these women could probably compete with some of the men in these NCAA championships and I, beat you them. You know, I don't even know that that. I I like the differences, you know, like I do think there's a difference between men's soccer and women's soccer, but not in a diminishing way. Right. You know, I, I, I like the fact that I get in my perspective, more team oriented ball movement and play. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with men's sports, you can have a lot of squads that you have one guy or two guys that are just off the charts talented. And everything goes through them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really change on the field otherwise. Again, my unprofessional perspective and what I'm a fan of, but I love watching women's soccer because I feel like there's this uh, 
representation of different tactics being on display, right? And sometimes you get that with men's sports. I'm not diminishing across the board. I'm just saying that there are plenty of times where you have a David Beckham or uh, a Thierry Henry. Or like a Simone Biles. Or a Simone Biles, right? Mm -hmm. Like this exceptional athlete that just raises the bar. But I don't know why women's sports... Uh, it doesn't make sense to me that there's not that much of of it's not well I guess I understand why it's not as crazy because it's a bit of a younger sport but mm-hmm. I don't know why the ticket sales are down on those things other than people just don't give it a chance yeah like they don't they don't sit and just give the sport a shot and watch it and accept it for what it is and also not looking for LeBron right it's it's don't even get me started it's gonna be different but you get what i'm saying right yeah. like it, i fucking hate that man <laughs> that's a whole nother level right that's a whole nother level we we've kind of gotten through that was one of those ridiculous things that happened while we were away mm-hmm. it was definitely something that I, I heard a lot of people talking about and it seemed harmless they made a big deal out of nothing and then the only thing they accomplished is really kind of taking some of the shine off of that accomplishment of winning mm-hmm. it all but Hey, LSU did it in fashion and style and that, and they made a statement, not only about women's sports, but about women in sports. And I was, I was glad to see that part of it, you know, where a lot of fans were really upset. Their coach had some fantastic outfits. I would just love to say that. I felt like she had raided RuPaul's closet. Loved that. Yeah. Like she was having her own Met Gala, like every (laughs) game. Yeah. she had. And you were like tuning in. What's Kim wearing? (laughs) Can you, again, can you, wouldn't you love to see that kind of stunt pulled in men's sports? Oh, I would love that. And it's a part of what separates the two. I think it was a brilliant move. I mean, you kind of see it though. Um, I know you're not big on social media, but more recently before like any of the NFL games, NBA games, you do see like videos on Instagram of the players walking up in their like pregame outfits. And it's not like the warm up sweats that we're used to. Like they walk in from outside and they're like, you know, like suits and, you know, like a designer outfit. (laughs) And you're like, Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. So I remember this funny, uh, (laughs) there's this funny ass video from years ago that, was a parody of walk-ins for pro NFL players. And they mm-hmm. had Russell Wilson rookie year and they show him walking in with khakis and like right? a polo butt tucked in. <laughs> and then it says Russell walking in after meeting Sierra. And it's like him in a fur coat <laughs> right? with like sunglasses yeah. and like, just like looking pimp. Russell's, it should say Russell's first wife versus Russell's second wife. <laughs> and, and that's what they're implying. <laughs> basically. But yeah, it was, I get what you're saying about the walk-ups. And yeah. yeah, I mean, she still, that stood out. That was so unique to see. A lot of that was interesting stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Well, let's... the U of A coach does it too, Adia oh, Barnes. She wears some not... pretty like phenomenal outfits as well. I, I guess the focus was on LSU for, for good reason. Well, but... I mean, Arizona didn't make it very far in either aspect, but. <laughs> Which is weird. I mean, it's. I remember that was horrible. There was a tradition at that school that's been a long since lost mm-hmm. with basketball. I still loved going to see the games, though. I love going to U of A games. It's so different than anything. Yeah. 
There's always a lot of fun. If you're ever in Tucson and you get the opportunity, I think that's what I always tell people. If you ever get the opportunity to go to either a football game or a basketball game. Oh, yeah. Game. It's a great stadium. For a mm-hmm. small stadium, it's a great stadium. Like, oh, it's yeah. it's it's a it's a fun place to watch a game. But, again, moving on, that's one controversy. That's a good starting point. Where should we move on to next? Can we can we touch on Lamar Jackson's whole saga here? Do we move to the NFL right away? His contract discussion? Yeah, or do you want to go somewhere else first? I don't feel like... Uh, I mean, I don't think his contract discussion was that huge of a deal. You knew he was going to... It was made into one. It was made into one, but I think they overplayed it. The only thing, The only cool thing about it was he was his own agent. So if you're if you're just catching up with us, clearly we're in a very sports centric episode of Brevity Box, and right now we're moving on to talking about a quarterback in the NFL named Lamar Jackson. Anybody who's a football fan knows who Lamar Jackson is. Love him or hate him, I hate him here. Not a fan. Uh, and a he was a holdout against his team, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and look, I heard so many different versions of why and what was going on that I can't trust any. I, I am not qualified to tell you why this whole thing ended up where it was. What I can say is what Becky had alluded to. He represented himself where most uh, pro athletes have an agent and he, nobody knew if he was going to be playing with the Ravens this year or not. And it was up in the air. But every sports show talked about it. Rich Eisen talked about it. So uh, it was all over ESPN. It was just always a daily it's thing. Like Lamar watch. You know, people interested in trading for him, and and you know, every even even New Orleans said they were. You know, those sports writers were the only good opportunity for us to have a quarterback is to go for Lamar Jackson. We should trade the house to get him. No, which I'm glad we didn't personally, but. That was I, gotta, I have to be honest with you. I don't understand the hype behind Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's that great. So I, I'm going to tell, like I said a second ago, I'm not a pro. I've watched football my whole life. I'm a fan. I always want to learn more and understand more. I don't know everything. But what I know and what I look for in, in quarterbacks, in quarterbacks, I haven't seen him demonstrate yet the guy is clearly a phenomenal athlete he's clearly gifted and he's a better quarterback than i would ever be no matter how much time i dedicated to it (laughs) and he's better than a lot of people that have made careers out of it sure yeah But but in those moments where he's supposed to deliver i haven't seen him do it yet and i do think quarterbacks grow and they get better over time and you know, in in the and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Becky, but in the history of the NFL, running quarterbacks that are run first and run second and don't throw the ball mm-hmm. don't really last a long time, and they don't no. do well most of the time. There are are some exceptions, but even those exceptions get injured, right? And they don't have great numbers, or they they win a Super Bowl, yeah. Like, you know, and a lot of times, not at all. Right. And they're fun to watch, and they're great, and they're entertaining, and they they make magic happen, and they're incredibly athletic. But when they're stuck in the pocket and they have to make an impossible throw, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen Lamar Jackson do that yet. My 
interpretation is that he runs that he wants to run and i don't know if that's glory seeking i don't know if that's just the strategy from the coach's point i think watching that team it seems like they're definitely run first second throw as little as possible Mm -hmm. but he hasn't really done that yet and it, it seems weird to me that that so many people are so hyped up on him as being this phenom. And they are. I don't are. think and he's worth $271 million. I could be wrong. And maybe they'll be right and he'll turn out to be this amazing Their franchise quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, but I just don't see it. But I just don't see it. Just like I don't see like Kyler Murray being good ever. Or, or producing, right? Yeah. Producing. It's, that's the thing. They're great. They're talented athletes. Oh, but yeah. They're, yeah. They wouldn't be in the NFL if they weren't, but they're not going to win championships. But they're not, they're not going to win championships. No, I, I, I would agree with that. They're smoke shows. For those of you taking notes from us, right? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing is I, I don't know what to think of somebody who believes that they are. Uh, like, I, let me put it this way if Lamar Jackson, and I, and I, again, I'm not a pro athlete. So there's an element, there's a bunch of elements to this shit that I don't understand. But, if I thought that that professional athlete was talking about how they need to work on this and that's what they're developing and they really want to be a value, like, I don't know how to explain that. Just this pursuit of excellence. I don't get that feeling from Lamar Jackson like I do from Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like Patrick Mahomes is one of those quarterbacks, uh, quarterback for Kansas City Chiefs. Even if you don't watch football, you probably know who the Kansas City Chiefs are at this point. He was just at the Met Gala tonight. Yeah, exactly. He is a icon at this point. Yes. And very accurate dynasty-level team mm-hmm. in Kansas City. And from his first season, Mahomes is one of those guys that arguably had the right to have that attitude of, you know, I think I'm good enough. I don't think I need to do much. Pay me. I'm the best. I'm. You know, he could have been all that smoke show, and he had done enough in his first season where you would have been like, maybe we should just pay him. You know, like yeah. you would have thought he's my. He might be for real. I haven't seen that Mm-mm. from Lamar Jackson, and I have seen it from, and even to this moment, you've got Patrick Mahomes talking about where he can improve, yeah, where things are his fault. I don't read Lamar Jackson as being that kind of leader. No. Where he's owning, oh, no, that I should have thrown, oh, I was late on that throw. Or He'll never be that kind of leader, ever. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the same thing I feel about with Kyler Murray. You know, Kyler Murray is one of those guys, quarterback. Blame everybody else but himself. Yeah, everybody's in the wrong place. Everybody's doing the wrong thing. Oh, you, you know, it's never on him. And I just don't, I never see guys like that in a team sport. In a team sport, I never see guys like that. You know, you know it's bad because, like, J.J. Watt's a really nice guy. You know it's bad when J.J. Watt won't say anything about you in a podcast interview. Like, he would not comment on Kyler Murray. See, guys like J.J. Watt, you know what's what's hard is I think about this. Like, uh, he's one of those few examples on the defensive side of the ball where you feel like he never got the rest of the team he deserved. Yeah. Like, because I feel that way when I try to explain to people who didn't see Barry Sanders play. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, was yes. Barry Sanders really that good? And you're like, dude, dude, you have no otherworldly, idea. Yeah. Otherworldly good. Amazing. Yeah. And why? How come he didn't win? Like, to, to, I was like, because they never built the rest of the mm-hmm. team. Like, they never built the rest of the team. It was literally all Just him. Just Barry Sanders. And, 
it was like Barry Sanders versus Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like Barry that, Sanders takes on the Patriots. <laughs> he never got he never got the team no. around him yeah. built to give him a chance to mm-hmm. win what he deserved to win. I feel that way about JJ Watt. JJ Watt, defensive end, most outside linebacker at some points, I guess, mm-hmm. early on in his career. He was actually uh, a tight end at the very beginning of his football career. Thank you very much. The tightest end. Drafted? I thought he wasn't. Not no, drafted. No. Collegiate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Not collegiate, but right before he went to Wisconsin, he switched over. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the hard thing about a career in the NFL, right? And you, you, you see it. I've been watching for quite a couple decades now, right? Maybe three, if I'm thinking since when I was a kid. So it's like, you know, you see that happen. It's very hard to win. And usually the people that are the leaders of the team on the defense or on the offense are usually guys like JJ mm-hmm. and also Barry Sanders. You know, these are guys that have a certain pursuit of excellence that necessitates self-critique. And that's a hard pill to swallow. And when I don't see that, like, I don't see that. I don't sense it from Kyler Murray. I don't sense it from Lamar Jackson. And look, it'll segue right perfectly into what was a whole nother topic. And I don't, I, I don't sense it in Aaron Rodgers often. Sometimes I do. No, oh God, that man but, is so far up his own. But here ass. we have another iconic quarterback, legend, leader of the team, Blech. and he is considered in many ways. You know, he's in that conversation with Tom Brady. And yeah. Joe Montana is being this incredible, phenomenal quarterback, 39 years young. And everybody was talking about if he was going to leave the Green Bay Packers and go to the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Was he going to go? What was the trade? He disappeared into a cave of darkness. Yeah, up his own asshole. How mysterious. <laughs> and, and I assume ayahuasca was involved. I say that semi-sarcastically because it may have been. And then he emerged and knew that he wanted to play for the Jets. Got a haircut while he was in there. Oh, he got a haircut. I guess mullets aren't allowed in in spirit searching in the caves or wherever he was. But look. I don't know what to, I can't tell you I sense that a lot from him. No. But I don't know if I'm being fair. I, I, I will 100%, I'm a prejudiced asshole when it comes to the last few years of Aaron Rodgers not showing up to practice with his team. He's a poor, poor sport and a poor leader. I don't like him. And has he all, I mean, like, well, you, he's always been like that. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. You've probably always. know better than me. Has he always been that guy? Always. I mean, it takes a lot for somebody to call themselves the owner of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, we get it. The Bears are bad. You don't have to rub it in. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> and you're a true fan. You took that shit personally. You also, you also can't uh, make it past the first round of playoffs there, Rogers. So suck a big bag of dick. <laughs> so have you hated him since day one because he was drafted by a division rival? I hated him since he was at Cal. I hated that okay. fucker. I hated him. I've never met the man, but I hate him. I would punch him in the face instead of shaking his hand. That's how I feel about him. So do you think it's a little, I mean, you know, these are the times where I feel like, you know, when, when somebody like Elon Musk suggests that we might be living in a simulation, it's like, you kind of notice that if, if you're not aware 
of of why this is at all weird what i'm about to say let me give you some backstory before i say it the green bay packers in wisconsin are a unique team in the nfl they're owned by their community their stockholders are their community which is kind Mm -hmm. of a a not normal thing most teams have an owner see jerry jones uh it's under jackass in the dictionary (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but uh you know, they're, they're community owned and they have a very, uh, what might be referred to as a farm style of developing their team. They normally have been known not to make a lot of trades. They tend to bring in guys in the draft, sign free agents and develop them. Mm-hmm. And every now and then they'll make a, an amazing single splash trade that'll make all the difference. But If you've ever heard of any team and any great quarterbacks, you definitely know the name Brett Favre. And Brett Favre was a legend, still is, for good and bad reasons. Former (laughs) quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, who, interestingly enough, almost 15 years to the day, was Mm -hmm. traded to the New York Jets, where they had a very high hopes and potential for you know, going to the playoffs and doing it right. They did not have the kind of caliber of team they have built to date on this go. But mm-hmm. what happens is Favre goes out there also in the older years of his life as a quarterback and gets a shoulder injury and ends up missing most of the, most season. Of the season. And not, of course, that's plans awry and, and that was the birth of a young quarterback's opportunity who had been sitting on the bench for many years in similar circumstances behind Brett Favre waiting for a shot. Mm-hmm. And so 15 years later, almost identically, this guy's mm-hmm. getting traded. There's a young quarterback up and coming into the team. And here's Aaron Rodgers uh, coming out of his you know, dark cave and deciding he wants to go play for the Jets. That feels weird that it's the same damn thing. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing. And if he goes out there and gets injured, like if he goes out there and hurts his knee at at game four. (laughs) I'm just going to be like, sorry, (laughs) whoever's running the game. Sorry. (laughs) The game of life. It's so crazy. It's just so crazy to, to see it. And all of this, whether we're talking about Lamar or whether we're talking about uh, you know, the, from my own favorite team, we took Oakland's former quarterback, Derek Carr. A lot of people aren't happy about it, but most Saints fans aren't happy about anything when it comes to quarterback. No. I mean, if even with Drew Brees, they were like, you could have him. You and can have like, him. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're crazy. You know, but you could get you could get Patrick Mahomes and they'd be still they'd be like, fuck that. They'd guy. find something to be upset about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. They're very hard to please unless you're winning championships. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially after Sean Payton built this team up to be what it is. But right. all of this was going on like every year. It's like a telenovela or a great soap opera. There's always the end of the season after the Super Bowl. There's this lull where you really miss football hardcore for like the first four weeks after the Super Bowl. Right. And then it becomes all of this 
dramatic hype story. It's just, is Lamar Jackson going to sign his contract? Are they going to trade him? They're at an impasse. He really should have had an agent. And then all these news reporters saying, they're telling us there's disagreement. They're not even close. It was always there. And then Aaron Rodgers, is he going to go? Are the Packers going to keep him? Is he just going to retire? That was the longest, most annoying storyline. Is he going to retire and leave both of them high and dry? And he like goes and does his uh, Puxatawney Phil thing, where he's going to come out and decide whether he sees his shadow and if there's a you know two more seasons of football or or not no seasons of football <laughs> like it, it 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 all played out like it was the cheesy soap opera right <laughs> and and we ate it all up I ate it up too I did I watched in disdain but I watched. And I and I keep seeing him at all the New York game. Like he was at the Rangers game. <laughs> I think he went to one of the baseball games. He was at the Knicks game. He just. I'm like, stop guy. ruining these other sports for me. I want to watch. I want to watch the hockey semifinals, and I want to watch basketball playoffs. Like, leave and it. That's why we love sports, right? I mean, we do want these storylines. We do want to see what happens to these guys. I, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan, but I am excited for some of the young players for the Jets that I think are just great athletes that I'm a fan mm-hmm. of. I'm excited you to know? see what he does with uh, Garrett Wilson. With with, the, I, with that team and that team that that mystique of the Jets being permanent losers. Yeah, it would be. I love that whole thing being able if that if they did win the Super Bowl. I would be happy. I don't to see want the him Jets. to because I I want to frame the quote of Aaron Rodgers walking into the Jets facility and saying, "Oh, I only saw one Super Bowl trophy." And then when he does leave the Jets, I want to like post a meme oh. that says Aaron <laughs> Rodgers walking out to still only, only one. one. <laughs> I see only one Super Bowl. You know, yeah, you kind of you see guys like that, but it, so we've kind of making the point here that uh, Aaron Rodgers has a trophy, but. He's not this, you know, in all his years, I never saw him come off like Patrick Mahomes did, mm-hmm. you know, he, and maybe he never had to. He's not a Mahomes. He's not an Allen. He's not a Burrow. And maybe that's just personal kind of guy, but he's not winning multiples. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he will with the Jets and no. we'll see. But all that drama is what we were following because every year. The draft hits, and if you've never experienced an NFL draft, and you're one of those people who wonders, why would anybody watch the draft? It's a fair thing. I get it. I'm one of those suckers, though, who really enjoys watching the draft. I love the draft. You I love the draft. Cool moments. There is drama in the draft. You know, there's, and you know, quick random Costner movie plug, but. If you ever want to watch a great movie about the draft. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If you ever want to yeah. watch why it's interesting. Uh-huh. Costner did great. It's draft, draft day, day, right? Draft day. Yeah. yeah. Draft day. Excellent movie. Wonderful. Is so, and that's just one of those movies that you don't realize that you just, you feel like it's an action movie in mm-hmm. so many places. You feel like it's kind of, it's not, but you feel like it is. And it does a good job of, of telling the story of a hard luck franchise that's trying to get out from that. And they 
this guy takes a different approach. I won't do the whole movie, but you should Definitely feel like free it. to check it out, especially if you don't get what it's about and you're not a huge football fan. And if you love Kevin Costner, it's, it's Kevin you, Costner. Yeah, trust that Costner delivers in it because he does. He never picks a bad movie. Rarely. We'll see Waterworld. Waterworld. There are exceptions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are exceptions. Uh, but yeah, yeah look, maybe he, he was on ayahuasca when he did. <laughs> he, he went to a cave for two days and came out and chose poorly. He decided he wanted to do Waterworld. Oh, <laughs> that's such a funny movie. Um, but yeah, look, you should check out Draft Day. But that's what it. You know, these are really moments where these kids who are in grown-up bodies are finding out that their futures their whole lives changed and you can see it like when they talk to the families and they talk to somebody who's been supportive of his sisters and his sisters have been supportive of him mm-hmm. and they're all talking about how much they've wanted this for them and mothers who've had to work you know three, three jobs. jobs and it's a, it's an incredible real moment of emotion one of my favorite stories this year was the two childhood friends who both went to rival schools and played each other multiple times and one went number one and one went number two (laughs) that was a great storyline bryce young and cj stab and it's incredible and they were both happy for each other and that's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. You want to see that. And both representing the hopes of these franchises in the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. both squads that have been in need of a glow up for some time. <laughs> and uh, and then the Texans make a power move and trade up to get the third pick. And they pick... Will Anderson. Oh. Yeah, they pick that a, was a, a standout. Pick. That was a good pick. I'm sure. I'm sure the body type and everything looks somewhat familiar to a, another man you're a fan of. <laughs> I, I'm, and I'm not a big fan of Alabama, but I'm a big fan of Will Anderson Jr. Yeah, Thanks. you have a type. <laughs> let's just say, Gigachadish. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> making Becky's mouth water. <laughs> but not Will Levis. Don't don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but the draft played out in this dramatic way. And you always have a player who had a lot of hype and you can see them fall way behind what they expected, uh, which happened with Will Levis, Mm -hmm. another quarterback, young quarterback who, I mean, the day before people were talking about going top five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even possibly going number one. And which is a big deal. Again, if you don't follow it, Vicious rumor that Adam Schefter started <laughs> for the for the lulls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so again, just to kind of tap in, I know if you follow football, a lot of this stuff is easy to follow. But suffice it to say, the draft is seven rounds. There's 32 picks around. If you're in the first round, the first 32 picks, you're an instant multimillionaire mm. with a platform and a lot of power. Most of the time. Most of the time. If you're in the top 10, you are yeah. special. Mm-hmm. If you're number one, the pressure and the rewards are the highest Yes, in many avenues of sport yes. in general, if you're the first pick. And I'm sure that's true for baseball and everything else. But yes. football, it's a big deal, and it's usually been a quarterback. And sometimes that shit doesn't work out. Yeah. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, it works out. I don't want to 
to talk about that because the Bears could have had Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they could have. <laughs> instead, uh, who did they take instead? Fucking Mitchell Trubinsky. <laughs> Not that I'm laughing. You know, I, I think what's what I find interesting about uh, like it kind of brings us full circle because what I find interesting about uh, quarterbacks is I I think a lot of times guys like Trubisky under the right coach would have been amazing. I think that about a lot of quarterbacks. Oh, I feel that too. I feel that about Matt Leiner. Well, this is like exactly my point that I think that the pairing is what makes the most difference yeah. and not, there's no quarterback on their own that's going to do that. And sometimes even if it works well, it might not be the best chemistry to right. get the best out of that quarterback. Right. So if I had a criticism on uh, John Harbaugh, is it, John, that's the coach of the Ravens. I always get those two guys confused. One's yeah. Michigan's coach. Jim is Michigan's coach. Yeah. So John Harbaugh, every time I see a sideline camera of him on the bench talking to Lamar, he's always telling him he's changing the game. You're changing the game. He's always talking to him about how amazing he is. You're just changing the sport. And I'm not sure that's maybe that's not going to be what gets the best out of him. Of course, it's just, maybe John knows the camera's on him and isn't going to act say the normal things he would say because he knows it's being recorded. That's mm-hmm. also possibly true. But you uh, using Mahomes as a reference, or Drew Brees, who is a sh- below-stature quarterback in the eyes of the NFL who had a shoulder injury and probably under any other pairing with a coach would not have had the success he had with the saints if it weren't for him and sean payton Mm -hmm. sharing a brain right like they they were on the same wavelength and i think the same is true about mahomes and reed i think that uh the same could be said about eli manning and coughlin Mm -hmm. um belichick and and brady i mean you always have these these pairings where uh you can imagine that the reason Brady left is because there was never a time where Belichick was like, that was good enough. You did great. You're the best. You're changing the game. Yeah. Like th- I just don't see that. I think Belichick was like, yeah, you're a little late, you know, you've been working on it for 10 <laughs> years and, you know, uh, and Brady's like, it was in three tenths of a second. And Belichick's like two tenths would have been better. You know, two tenths is really what we're aiming for. You know, just kiss job. my ass, Bill. Just kiss my ass. <laughs> the patriot way <laughs> you know like i really think that that at some point that you get sick of it but that's probably why i can't imagine that not being part of the fundamental reason why somebody like brady has incredible success right yeah and I well think, and if you think about it too tom brady never had that pressure because he was mr irrelevant right right so it's always been an uphill climb Mm-hmm. Or staying there, uh, yeah. Look, he the guy works. I'm not a fan, obviously, but the guy great was always working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can say that now because he's retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's permanently done. He's gone. Yeah, but so that carried through to the draft. You had mentioned a story in in our precast setup that I want you to hit back to because it's those kinds of emotional moments. The one that made me cry. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I didn't pay attention to this, but I think it's one of those things that it happens in a lot of places, but because it's happening in sports, it's out there for everyone to see. And I like feel good moments. I think the I think the draft has a lot of those feel good moments, but you miss them because 
you really only watch the first day, but it's like more about like the second and third, you know, second and third and fourth and fifth rounds where you get like the make make a wish kids coming on stage and getting their wish announcing the draft pick. Right. And for the for the team they're a fan of and stuff. Yeah. And you get, you know, moments like Ryan Scherzer walking for the first time again. Um, to yes. announce this, was it the Steelers draft pick? You see like fans that have been fans for years and years and years get into announced draft picks. Those are the cool things, you know? Yeah. That's what I like. I like those moments. Those are my favorite. Those human moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were, you were talking about the Cowboys organization, right? You said the dad was a trainer? A, or a scout. scout. Yeah. The dad's a scout um, for so the So he Dallas goes out Cowboys. there to find talent. Yes. Um, scout. He's a specific scout for the draft. Okay. And so it, it, it comes time for the Cowboys to make a choice. And, and I can't remember they, what round it was in, but I think it was one of the later rounds. And who cares? Yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> seriously, honestly, I, I mean, mean his, look, son, his son is only five, five and was drafted in the NFL draft. Like that's pretty big. Listen, Darren Sproles is a hero for me. And for anybody who wants to know, you look up a highlight reel of Darren <laughs> Sproles, and I, I don't care what you have to say, that guy is incredible. And he's five, 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 six, <laughs> pocket Hercules. And he would just go out there and smash and shake people out of their cleats. Mm-hmm. And uh, amazing. Amazing. So uh, no hate. So what? Let me get set five, five. I mean, clearly he's not a cornerback. <laughs> yeah. So his name is Deuce Vaughn and his dad um, is a scout for the Dallas Cowboys. And I guess all week they, um, every time the Cowboys organization would talk about Deuce, his dad would have to leave the room, like completely out of the area and everything like that. Um, because they were seriously considering drafting him and they didn't want to want the narrative to be, well, his dad, his dad picked him, you know? Right. So, um, right before they make the announcement, like right before they make the pick, the war room announces the pick to everybody. So they know, so they can kind of like get it together and then call everybody. And so, um, they announce that they're going to pick Deuce Vaughn and his dad just breaks down in tears. Oh, (laughs) And then his dad is actually the one that makes the phone call. And the video is so sweet. (laughs) His dad goes, hey, um, my phone's not working, so I'm calling you from this number. He goes, "Um, how do you feel about coming to work with me next week? (laughs) And his son goes, that sounds all right to me. And it was just like one of the sweetest. But is, did he pick up on it right away? Like he did yeah. drafted at that point. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and then he hands the phone to Jerry Jones, and then Jerry Jones somehow has a heart, and he's like, "Yeah, there's not a dry eye in the house over here. We're not dry in the house over here. You ready to be a cowboy? <laughs> That's exactly what it do, sounds so like. A, Are you ready? You see to a scar on the side of your helmet. <laughs> Proud to call you a Dallas Cowboy. You come and have some barbecue with us next week. But it was, it, I think that was one of the sweetest moments, that moment. And then my other favorite was when there's a video of Bryce Young finding out CJ went number two. And that and genuinely being happy. And genuinely him. was yeah, so excited absolutely. for him. Yeah. I that moment that was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of a, a sucker for all that kind of stuff. All my favorite athletes demonstrate 
that level of honor in sportsmanship. You know, my, you know, UFC is hard for me to watch, but it, with exception to my favorite fighters like George St. Pierre or Lyoto Machida, these are all guys that are, you know, more likely to bow at you after winning a fight than than jump on a fence and beat their chest. I mean, but there was an air of respect and, and pugilism there, which I always appreciated about those kinds of guys. And same thing in sports, you know, it's why I was a fan of, of Drew Brees or Larry Fitzgerald or JJ mm-hmm. uh, Y, you know, class. I like that. That, that does something for me. There's times where I want somebody to uh, get in their face. I thought Angel Reese nailed it for me. Yeah. I thought that timing was <laughs> perfect. Like, but again, I didn't see that in any way as disrespectful or dishonoring. No. Anything. I thought that was the perfect time, the perfect way. It, it it was the right moment for that. Like she nailed it. Yeah. I didn't think there should have been any kickback for any of it. No. Which look, if you're a sports fan and hopefully you are, and if you aren't naturally, this episode maybe could pique your interest in checking out something, you know, check out some women's sports, women's soccer, women's basketball. Uh, there's a lot to choose from and, and look, any sport, give mm-hmm. it a shot. Check it out. If you're not a sports Try fan. Try some men's gymnastics. My wife loves watching competitive gymnastics and has taught me a lot. So artistic, yeah. And you and you just don't know what you're looking at. It can seem, uh, I don't want to say confusing, but it's easy to have a prejudice against it because you don't know what to judge. You don't mm-hmm. know what is good and what's bad. I, I feel that way about jujitsu. You know, I have slowly come around to understanding what I'm looking at, but without trying to watch it and understand it it just looks like a couple of dudes beating each other up rolling around the ground you don't know what you don't know what technique you're looking at but as you figure it out you're you start putting it together and i think that's true about football there was a time where brooke did not like football and now she is a a crazy fanatic banshee of a fan mm-hmm. it's awesome but it took her giving it a chance, right? Instead of just being like, oh, they're just dudes running into each other. All this is really us trying to subtly convince Mitch to try giving sports another (laughs) chance. We're all talking to Mitch. He'll never do it. (laughs) Because we know he's going to be listening to this editing going, oh my God, just stop talking about sports. But it's it's that drama and some of those personal human moments and storylines we like that keep us going and it ends up being an all your thing. I didn't understand it when I was a kid. I totally get it now. Mm-hmm. I, I follow all of those things and I, I love the team building aspect and, and it, it kind of brings us to this other thing we talked about that I just want to touch on because I think it was a really ultimate feel good moment and, um, and we'll cover it real quick and then we'll, we'll go on a little long, but we'll, we'll get off here in a moment and then we'll continue on with our banters and other subject <laughs> matters in the next episode. If you don't pay attention to sports, then you definitely don't pay attention to professional soccer. And if you don't pay attention to professional soccer, then you're certainly not looking at the smaller leagues. But if you're a fan of Hollywood and maybe really viral television comedies like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If you're a fan of Ryan Reynolds, you can't, it's very unlikely you don't know who Ryan Reynolds is. Deadpool is the man. Smoking hot. These two guys, Ryan Reynolds and Rob 
McElhaney, Mac from It's Always Sunny, bought a team and it has become this moment in time that made me so energized. I encourage you to go look it up on YouTube if you hadn't seen it yet. They bought into a failing team founded in the 1800s named Wrexham. And for no reason, just felt like we're going to invest in this team. We're going to invest in this town. And this is a, a town that is lives and dies by their squad. Mm-hmm. And in four seasons, they just won the championship. And in their league, the way it works is if you're in the top league, the premiership in soccer, and you get to the bottom of the league, you get relegated to a division underneath the top. And then you have to try to win that league to get promoted back up into the bigs, the premiership. And these guys thought it would take them for, I mean, you can hear them in many areas talking about how they did not think it was going to be within the first five years, maybe not ever. Yeah. They were, they were just investing in the town, investing in the team. And four years later, they win the championship and are being promoted. That's so awesome. And to see it play out, if you want to know what feels good about sports, watch that highlight of them winning the championship and this small town field being flooded by the, by the city folk who are singing songs because they hadn't been taken seriously in 15 years and they're finally getting promoted and they feel worth it and the energy is flooding throughout it and it's weirdly enough Paul Rudd's in the perfect place to film the moment that they win uh and Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney are hugging each other <laughs> and just in disbelief and you can see it on their faces yeah while the whole city and the coaches and everybody's crying and they're singing songs to them they're singing songs to their owners for for doing this and it's it's chill inducing it's so tears electric and special yeah i totally felt that way when i first saw it and it just it it it's good energy man and sometimes it'll make you feel good (laughs) sometimes sports is the only place you can get it sometimes it's music sometimes you can find it all over but sports is one of them for me and definitely for becky and Mm -hmm. hopefully for you too uh Check out that Wrexham. They have a documentary called yeah. Welcome to Wrexham. You can watch all about it. I am plugging their team for them because I am such a huge fan of them and what they've done with that team. They've I rejuvenated really a city. Like that's, yeah, and, that's and a huge deal. They have a podcast, the Always Sunny Podcast. Max Mac talks about it a little bit where he says it's different because this is a, a whole town. It's like mm-hmm. like we feel like we're impacting the community and they're in it for the long haul and and like you had said before it's it's to the point where other athletes are trying to invest in the same thing (laughs) where jj watt not an unfamiliar name in this podcast uh invested in in another soccer team he's a minor a minority investor because he doesn't have that kind of money. Right. He, he, he didn't just sell, uh, what did Ryan Reynolds sell to T-Mobile? Uh, yeah, Mint, Mint Mobile. Yeah. He sold Mint Mobile to T-Mobile for billions yeah. of dollars. 
and then aviation gin is doing really well Mm -hmm. and i'm definitely buying a ticket to the next deadpool so uh yeah ryan reynolds know how to business pretty good Mm -hmm. trust his judgment on things I certainly want to fucking wreck some shit. Well, and he's married to Blake Lively, so he's got excellent taste. I just said the guy could do no wrong. I mean, (laughs) doesn't do wrong. Uh, Super cool. Yeah, the guy guy broke up with Scarlett Johansson. Uh, What? Or vice versa. Either way. It didn't work out. He came into the world of Scarlett Joe and decided... Maybe yeah, he can do me. something else. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the only thing that came out of the Green Lantern movie that was a positive was his relationship with Blake Lively. Right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think it's a good, good spot to walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this return to us being on the regular with our recordings. We are... Definitely not going to have any breaks that we can see coming up soon, and we're glad to get past this one. I'm sure you'll understand. It's probably happened to all of us, but we're not going anywhere, and we'll be back for many more episodes regularly and soon. We thank you for keeping up with us and sticking by our sides. We hope you've enjoyed us. Uh, Remember, we're brought to you and sponsored by the Ruminations Radio Network. Check us out at our website, www.ruminationsradionetwork.com, and we will see you on the next episode. Hope you have a good one.